0: Thank you for listening to Voices of Grace. I'm Ryan Peterson. I'm with the Communications Department at Grace Community Church. Our goal here with each episode is to profile a follower of Jesus that is on mission um, and loving others. And today, I'm really happy to welcome Jim McKee. Jim is the Executive Director for the Crisis Response Ministry. CRM provides practical, emotional, and spiritual care and support to victims of crime and disaster. On Sunday mornings, Jim attends Grace University Boulevard campus. And Jim, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with me today. I know you're really busy, but thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. So. First, give me a little bit of background. People that don't know you, give me a little background on yourself. Um, as much as you want to go into detail, you're kind of smiling. Just where you're from, um, and then how did you get to East Texas? Maybe you're from here, but just let us give us a little background.
1: I was uh, raised in the Dallas area, okay. uh, first great portion of, of my life, uh, and uh, through a series of events and ministries, uh, uh, moved for a short stint up to uh, uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Uh, my wife and Annette and I and two children, Michael, Michael and Shanna, uh, we we saw the call back to Texas and came back home uh, in 1995. We spent uh, the 20 years uh, in the Cedar Creek Lake area, and then moved uh, to here to uh, to Tyler about five years ago.
0: Okay, so you have um, lived a life of public service. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had many roles in different capacities. You've been a firefighter, a paramedic. Uh, You're a reserve deputy sheriff, a mental health officer. Um, Give us some of your story there. Why is public service something you've been so passionate about, and why have you had a heart for it?
1: It was entrenched uh, in our family. My mom, Billy uh, Joe McKee, uh, was uh, was a true servant, and she reached out to the underserved, uh, those individuals who were downcast and distressed, like sheep without a shepherd, mom stood in the gap and really gave us the opportunity of seeing how the, the true love of Jesus Christ could be expressed. And so that was, that was instilled in us at a, at a very early age. And as, as would have it, uh, the Lord uh, then began to give us uh, uh, as uh, children uh, the opportunity of being involved in service. And that just was a part of us. Uh, I, in fact, I don't know another way uh, than, than what my mom taught us. That's so important, I
0: think, and such a life lesson as a parent, you know, that your kids are seeing you doing, and then it just becomes a part of your life, right? Mm. It's not something that you were told you have to do or you're forced to do. Mm. It's, it's just something that you see them living it, and then you do the same.
1: That, that's a good way to put it. There, it was just, it was the way to be. There wasn't any other example. It was just the way to be.
0: So, fill fill us in on some of the roles that you have had
1: um, mm-hmm. over the years in terms mm-hmm. of public service. Well, you know, life experiences give us one of two opportunities: either engage and learn from them, or uh, disengage and withdraw. Uh, a couple of life experiences for me really did demonstrate and, and show me the, the depth of the love of Jesus Christ and how he uses other believers uh, to, to literally be a part of what he is doing and reach out to, to others. And so through that e- example, as we just discussed, um, I, I was given the opportunity uh, of, uh, of becoming engaged. First of all, my wife Annette and I uh, became engaged in, in reaching out to individuals and families who were confronted with them played pregnancies Uh, back in 1982 we uh, began uh, our organization in Dallas that still exists today Uh, it was called crisis pregnancy centers of Dallas then and now it's known as thrive women's center and uh, really uh, wanting to take the love and compassion of jesus christ uh, literally to the streets and and give uh, individuals constructive alternatives to abortion Uh, and uh, that ministry just really took off and and uh, as i indicated it it still exists today that was the first uh, uh, opportunity we really had of being engaged in in service at that level um through the years uh, we were given other other chances just to be of service within our our community within our church Um, i had a lifelong uh, desire to be and be a police officer coming out of high school Uh, tragedy struck and uh, that particular avenue and pathway the lord kind of diverted us away from that and so that that was always there and present that that spark and that light of opportunity uh, when we moved back to uh, to Texas in 1995. Uh, I, was, I decided I wanted to join the Maybank Fire Department and just help out in any volunteer way that I could. And boy, uh, did the Lord turn up the gas and uh, really, uh, really gave me opportunity of being, uh, being directly involved with that group of men, men and women. Uh, that developed in, into my eventually getting my firefighter and then uh, uh, began to, to take courses in emergency medical care. And uh, that's when eventually I get uh, got the opportunity of getting my paramedic. And, and that, that level of service in community uh, really was a, a significant opportunity um, that eventually led to, to my getting my commission as a peace officer that, that I hold today.
0: So, I mean, you, talk, you went back to 1982 when you were uh, doing the, the ministry for the pregnant moms, pregnant women. Um, so where, I mean, wanting to teach them Jesus— When did your relationship with Jesus start? Was it as a kid? Was it because of your mom? I mean, how did that start?
1: Mom and dad were involved with a little uh, Baptist church in Dallas called Tremont Baptist Church. We were almost right across the street from the church. And so that was very much a part of our life. That community was so important. Uh, I don't remember a time in which we weren't over at the church, you know uh at all and i remember walking down the aisle at a little baptist church with my daddy and and meeting brother lang who was our pastor and i remember conversations taking place and i remember that night i think I was about five years old when that took place uh, i was baptized that night uh, just before training union started and uh, that that started that that journey in relationship with jesus christ however um, the more that I began to to look internally at myself and begin to deal with my own relationship with him uh, I had a, a significant issue to develop in which I I'd never remembered uh, being able to go over those areas of spirituality and my relationship with him from a cognitive standpoint. I don't remember the conversations. I always took my dad's word for it of what I had done. And I was at a seminar one night, and the, the question of that particular issue came up uh, during the, uh, the the lecture that we had. And uh, I was just overly and overwhelmed uh, by the Lord just to get that. That issue resolved and and so uh, it was uh, gosh I I was already a youth minister at Forest Meadow Baptist Church uh, in in Dallas and and I knew at that point in time I had to get that right and and uh, that's when I bowed my head at the Dallas Convention Center it was a Bill Gothard seminar and once and for all made sure that uh, that I understood and I know in whom I believe. And, and do you believe you've been a place? different person since then? Oh, radically so. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that that there was a, a true metamorphosis that took place from the inside out. Not from the outside, from religiosity, but truly uh, relationally with, with him.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you just said that because to me, Christianity... My relationship with jesus that's not religion no. um, it's it's a deep meaningful relationship that
1: that counts that really right. does add up to something worthwhile yeah
0: um so you said you've been in tyler what would you say five years is that no, around correct? five years okay right? so how yeah. did you get connected at grace
1: I, oh, gosh. We were looking for a local church uh, to, to become a part of. We heard rumors Ask and asked around and discussed. And then we found out that uh, uh, University Boulevard was right across the street uh, from, from where we lived. And we wanted to be a part of a local community group. And so we visited, and it, there, was, there was no other decision to be made. We knew that's where the Lord wanted us to be. Well,
0: we are fortunate to have you guys as a part of the Grace family. Um, We've talked about your background a little bit. Um, Until we recently met, you and I, we had lunch with Stephen Whitcliffe. I didn't even know about the Crisis Response Ministry, Um, and I love on the website it says bringing Christ to the crisis, uh, so important. Can you explain to people what this ministry does? And how you got involved personally, and you're the sure. executive director. <clears throat>
1: I remember very distinctly as a firefighter, we had just finished with a fire in the Maybank area, and I remember uh, getting back in our unit uh, to go back to the station, and looked in the rearview mirror, and there was a family standing out in the front yard, and I just, I would just shook my head, in kind of bewilderment, uh, why wasn't there anyone there to help them to get through this tragedy that they were going through. And of course, as uh, time went on and, and that burden and seeing that picture over and over again, you know, I kept asking the Lord, why isn't anybody doing anything about that? Um, and uh, well, of course, as you might well expect, guess what he did? He kind of looked at me and said, well, why aren't you doing something about it? Right. And so that was the prelude to uh, myself along with uh, four other believers in the, the Cedar Creek Lake area. Um, gosh, Ginger Ford, Eddie Shower, uh, then Eric Graham. Uh, we found a ministry uh, that uh, would be able to help us to organize and and really consolidate the the uh, a, a profound and significant volunteer base uh, to where we could really take the the true meaning of the love of Jesus Christ out to the street and and make a difference in the lives of individuals and families who were impacted by uh, by tragedy uh, that was taking place so that's how that that began
0: and then specifically so when you say you know taking Christ to these families what are you guys doing doing for these families when I guess crisis
1: occurs? I think at the heart of what we try to do is enter in and number one be present that was something that Christ constantly did. He injected himself in, into community uh, he didn't he didn't set himself a shop up at the temple. He literally didn't open up an office with a shingle on it. He literally walked the path and, and the, the life that people were going through he was there for them. So that as tragedies uh, were exposed and happened, number one, they knew where he was. And number two, he went to them when he when they called upon him uh, for help. And so that's what we really strive to do. Uh, number one is to be present when these tragedies do take place, uh, to, to be there as a reminder that there are those that really do care about what uh, individuals and families are going through, and then begin the process of understanding what their needs are, set is and and uh, move from there so for something like this in terms of volunteers
0: I mean I- I'm assuming you can't just take anybody. I mean, you have to be someone that's trained to be able to handle what these people are going through. Is it a little bit more difficult for you guys in terms of having, finding the people that you can use for this ministry?
1: I think in some ways it is because traditionally uh, we have mainly moved ministry into the, the level of, of the professional uh, to where the, the average individual in the pew, if you will, is, has been historically pretty well excluded or very limited. What we seek to do is give any individual the opportunity, number one, of, of being able to receive a level of, of uh, training and a level of certification so that equips them so that when they, in their normal life experiences at work, at school, uh, at Walmart, wherever that might be, they encounter someone going through a tragedy, they have the wherewithal and the understanding of how to approach that individual or individuals and begin the process of, of making a difference. That also leads to uh, those, in, uh, those of our volunteers who take kind of the next step from the foundational part of that uh, and, and move up to where they're able to uh, approach the needs of individuals who have been impacted by acts of crime, uh, who have been impacted by a disaster uh, or what we call life, uh, life crises. And so they can actually inject themselves into it uh, with the level of training and a security uh, that they can really start the process of helping that individual or family heal from that disaster that they're going through
0: do you have um without naming you know names or anything specifically do you have some examples of how you've seen god move in this that you're just like man i i did not see this coming
1: can i be so selfish as to talk about my own yeah absolutely um i i uh, at 17 years of age i had a very tragic motor vehicle accident in which i ran head on with the motorcycle and Immediately, what my mind did was it, it, it started protecting itself to where I could not remember following the accident uh, what had taken place. Um, as I got out of my car and uh, began to, to look at that tragedy that was taken and unfolding in front of me, um, I, I was in a total state, of course, of trauma, what we call traumatic shock, uh, to where I could not even hardly move or even think. And the first thing that happened to me was is that uh, I looked down the road from where we were and there was a car coming, another car coming toward me, but it had two red lights on top of it. And that was a Dallas police officer uh, that had been called to the scene. And as he drove up and stopped and I walked up to him trying to to engage, I remember getting out my driver's license and handing it to him. And I remember that big old burly cop in the middle of Park Lane in Dallas just reaching up to me, taking me by the shoulders and hugging me. That was the first opportunity that I experienced that night of of coming back in contact with reality and and with another human being that this was there to touch. Um, Hey, I don't remember him saying anything at that point in time. The next thing that happened was is that I I needed to call my my family. I needed to call my dad. Um, And I remember looking over to my left and standing on the sidewalk was a lady And I just simply walked up and walked toward her. She looked at me and said, very simply, is there anything I can do to help? I told her I wanted to call my daddy and she took me up to her apartment, which was right next to to where the accident had happened. And as we walked up these long steps, a lot of things were going through my mind. Uh, the confusion was overwhelming uh, as, it, as, it, as it was taking each step um, up, up to that second floor apartment of hers. And I remember her opening up the door. And as she did, I looked across the room right above where her telephone was. And there was an old iconic portrait of Jesus Christ on the wall. And I knew at that point in time, in the midst of this tragedy, in the midst of what I was going through, the Lord was there. There was absolutely no doubt in my mind. And it, as we went through that tragedy over the months and even years to come, time after time, the Lord used the average individual in the pew, if you will, to reach out and minister to myself, my family, and others who were, who were profoundly impacted by that tragedy. Um, it works, right? This stuff called Jesus works. It's not theory. Um, it's not even someone's opinion. It counts. And it adds up to, to individuals being able to be grabbed hold of in the midst of their most profound and significant events that take place in their life and we are actually able to give them hope hope that really does count so that's how all of this has affected me personally and that's why i'm so passionate about it because i know it works i know that it means something and it has purpose behind it
0: i do want to ask you and thank you for for sharing that story and being vulnerable there um when when you're seeing these stories, I mean, you you talk about the picture, and I mean, it, I think it would haunt me seeing that family just standing there as you leave the scene. Uh, the things that you have seen through the years, I know
1: um, you you served, uh, you were working Hurricane Harvey in Houston, correct? Uh, no, I wasn't down in uh, Houston. We we did go down in in the area with our our um, canine teams, okay, and actually into some of the smaller communities. But in that,
0: you're you're seeing things that. I think is going to be hard or heavy for anyone to see someone sure. going through that oh, sort of pain. Oh, absolutely so. So absolutely how so. Uh, how do you carry yeah. that? And, and I know it's easy to say, you know, you're just walking with Jesus, but that is some heavy stuff. Um, how, do you, how do you carry that, and how would you recommend someone else trying to help someone else through something that heavy?
1: Yeah, it's so important being involved in this type of, of ministry, this type of work, uh, to, to really understand what your limitations are, number one. Uh, You you grow and you gain an understanding of the impact that vicariously these situations have on you when you enter into them. So you're aware that, uh, that there is a certain level of deflection that takes place that shield of faith yeah. those types of things but at the same time you do internalize uh, this as uh, these these incidents as well that's why we are so very careful uh, within our ministry uh, that w- that we have uh, opportunities for our caregivers uh, to sit down and deal effectively with the emotional and spiritual responses that they're having to these tragedies and have a way to to get that out and so it doesn't stack up over time uh, and and end up causing uh, uh, really uh, significant problems within within the life of the caregiver if they're not careful. Do
0: you see? Um, are because I didn't even know that this existed. Um, do you feel like people know you guys are out there? Yeah, those that are in crisis and need no. the help?
1: No, we, we really don't. The, the, number one, um, training and uh, equipping the saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that Ephesians four passage is so important because that that we're equipped for a particular purpose and reason. That's preparation for us being able to engage in whatever the Lord has for us uh, that that's coming up in. In the future. And so that that part of that preparation that we go through uh, and, and with our volunteers is helping to understand what that impact is going to mean not only on themselves but what purpose they will really serve in reaching out to, to the individuals that they will engage there are times that I find myself as you can well imagine coming up against certain incidents in which I have to be very careful going into I know my limitations that's why we work as teams we don't work a Right. That's why the Lord sent them out two by two. It was a very important part of all of that, to where we go, we go out and work together to help uh, individuals and families solve these life problems. Um, we have been a little slow in getting the word out. Number one, we want to be very careful. Uh, if if you start letting the whole world right now today, we had a big blitz, blitzkrieg of advertising take place you can only imagine what that would end up meaning in our ability to handle that and so what the lord has done strategically has begun to, to give us opportunity one layer at a time to where when we're ready to take on a, another level of opportunity he equips us and gives us the resources that we need to, to move forward so we're very careful in not over committing ourselves uh, one thing that i've learned in law enforcement that you got to be very careful with is trust once you gain the trust of law enforcement, uh, you, you better hold on to it and not over uh, commit yourself. You better be there when you're called upon, because if you lose that trust with law enforcement, you won't be given another opportunity for a long, long time. So we're very careful about what we're willing to step into and commit to.
0: So, Jim, if someone really needs help, they are, they are in crisis, or if someone has the heart to help, like I mean, like you have shared, Um, What should they
1: do? I mean, where should they go? Uh, First of all, we have a crisis line number in our East Texas area. Uh, Our crisis line number is 903-385-4737. By calling that, that's answered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and that starts the, the opportunity for us to, to help uh, an individual or a family evaluate what their situation is and see whether or not we or we can refer to another organization that might specialize in their particular need to, to get the help that they need. Uh, if, if someone is interested in, in becoming uh, part of our staff uh, as a volunteer, uh, I invite you to go to our website, uh, which is crmtx.org, crmtx.org, and right there on the home screen says about becoming a volunteer, and that will take you through the steps that uh, we require uh, as far as the training, uh, the vetting, uh, the background checks, and those other things that are of, of necessity to uh, to go through.
0: Well, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate this ministry. I mean, this is truly bringing Christ, bringing the church outside of, you know, so many times I just feel like we get into this rut as Christians go to church on Sunday, Mm -hmm. but we need to be bringing the church to everyone, you know, Monday through Saturday. And you're doing that and passionate about it, and um, I just thank you for it, for that.
1: Well, and I, I deeply appreciate this, Ryan, and I appreciate our uh, Grace community. Kali uh, Bum, you cannot believe the encouragement uh, that, that our church family has been uh, as we face these things going forward. One final thing I always try to end on, we need to remember one important, one important thing is there is hope, and his name is Jesus. Amen to that.
0: Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate your time, and thank you for listening. Uh, This is Ryan Peterson. You've been listening to Voices of Grace.